You're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, your source for all the Baltimore news and information. Now ice up, hon. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. The episodes you've had before have all been test versions. This one is the live official one. We've got Daniel. Hello, everybody. We got Kyle. Hey, what's going on, guys? And we got me, Matthew. Uh, first, we want to go ahead and talk a little bit about our very first sponsor. That would be Rally Bus. And Rally Bus is offering luxury buses to and from the Baltimore Ravens games. Use the promo code RavensRally10 for $10 off your booking. That is R A V E N S. R A L L Y one zero Ravens Rally ten for ten dollars off your booking. Ride happy, ride smart, Rally Bus. So thank you very much to Rally Bus for uh, sponsoring us today. Let's go right toward the big talking point, which is Des Bryant of the Dallas Cowboys and Demarius Thomas of the Denver Broncos. Both of them signed massive deals. Uh, we're talking about five years, $70 million. Uh, Des Bryant gets $45 million guaranteed, while Demarius Thomas gets $43.5 million guaranteed. So a little difference there. What do you guys think about that, those types of deals? I mean, that's, that's sick how much money that is. How about you, Kyle? I'm going to start off with that is, that is so much money. I wish if, if Des Bryant doesn't know what to do with that or Demarius. Demarius, I'm only about a 45-minute drive from Denver. If you feel like hanging out or, uh, or doing some good in my bank account, please hit me up. I am, I'm available. I'll make myself available. But truthfully, truthfully, I think this is great deals. I think it's good for uh, both teams. I've been cheering for Des Bryant for about the last year, saying, pay that man. Pay that man. He needs that money. He deserves that money. Nobody else plays as hard and as, as determined as Des Bryant has played throughout his career so far. I'm proud of both of these guys for getting that money. I am. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Des Bryant especially, he overcame um, some pretty nasty odds. He had a lot of flack thrown around him uh, during the – you know, drafting process, and even for the few years after it, you know, for him to kind of settle down, he's 26, uh, you know, for him to settle down and, and get that type of money, it, it shows what type of character he's turned into. Uh, so that's, you're certainly right there, Kyle. How about you, Daniel? What do you feel about these deals? I'm happy for both of them. I, a little salty, uh, I wish Des, I wish De, uh, Demarius Thomas had um, gotten more guaranteed but maybe you know really yeah yeah i wish he had why, why do you feel that do you think he deserved the same amount guaranteed or do you think he deserved a little bit more at the very least the uh, same amount i'm not okay. sure what? more but um i think the marius is i mean both of them are special talents don't get me wrong des bryant just uh, I don't want to mention any. I don't want to say any bad things right now. <laughs> Mike, I'm waiting. I'm uh, waiting for it. I'm already sitting here waiting. That's the nicest guy on the podcast. Again, I uh, have to tell you, Demarius Thomas um, was quiet all off season. Wasn't being much of a crybaby. Um, you know, cry man, uh, as Des Bryant was. So, 
That's just I, you know, about that for me. That's all. That that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, you know, Demarius Thomas has certainly been a far quieter uh, player in person throughout his career. Now, both of them were drafted in the first round of the 2010 draft. Uh, both of them first round. Demarius Thomas was the 22nd pick, and Des Bryant was the 24th pick. Now, keep in mind that Demarius Thomas, slightly faster in his 40 time, I believe uh, 4.38 mm. to Des Bryant's 4.52. But over the past few years, I mean, since they've gotten drafted, you're looking at 5,317 receiving yards uh, and 41 touchdowns for Demarius Thomas versus Des Bryant's 5,424 receiving yards and 56 touchdowns. You know, not a lot of difference in yardage, but you're talking about a difference of 15 touchdowns toward Des Bryant. Mm. I think that's probably why he got more guaranteed money. Yeah. Both the guys, you know, they're they're not at Calvin Johnson numbers, uh, and I, I doubt we ever see a contract hit those types of numbers um, for quite a while just because of how crazy the, that deal was. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting that they got as close as they did, especially with that talk of collusion uh, that happened, you know, a few weeks ago. Mm. It's interesting they got as close as they did, and it's only a million and a half off on guaranteed money. Same exact deal, everything else. And <laughs> the only real difference in stats is 15 touchdowns over, over four years. That uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I feel mm. like there was some serious collusion going on. I don't know if it, like some people are really upset by it. I'm not. I think it's okay in the aspect that they both made mega millions money. And and I feel I think the I think Des does deserve more guaranteed. Uh, I do dis, obviously disagreeing with Daniel. I feel that uh, he has dealt with Tony Romo as his quarterback, and Tony Romo is a is a very good quarterback, <laughs> but he is not Hall of Fame esque as uh, as we've seen with with Peyton Manning. Tim Tebow. But, but yes, I was getting to that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Demarius had to deal with uh, trying to be a player, a consistent player with Tim Tebow, which we all know he did phenomenal as he caught a an eighty yard pass for a touchdown in overtime against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we can all we can all be happy That's right. resting in our beds after that team game. Team does. I mean Team Demarius. Team Demarius. Yeah. But see here's the thing, and, and I'll disagree with you on this one, Kyle. Okay. It's not Peyton Manning in his prime. It's it's to be quite blunt, it's noodle arm Peyton Manning. Um, he, he certainly doesn't have the arm he always had. Now, that's not saying that he is, is you know, terrible. He, he's not Jeff Garcia here when it comes to, to arm strength, but he doesn't have the arm that he once had. And Demarius also has to play on a team where he's got more wide receivers uh, competing for the same, right. same amount okay. there mm. versus Des Bryant, who he is pretty much that passing offense. Mm-hmm. And, and while Tony Romo isn't great, especially when it comes to the playoffs, no one can really say that about Peyton Manning either. So while Manning's a Hall of Fame guy, a lot of that probably goes to maybe padding his stats when he was with the Colts, not having a running game. Whereas mm-hmm. Romo, I know he gets a lot of flack. He gets a lot of hate. And I'm not a Romo fan either. So, you know, I, I can't really, uh, I can't defend him too hard on this. But, you know, he, he's a guy that throws a ton of yards too. So I... I, I kind of give it a wash in terms of, of who they've had around them in, in talent. Now, obviously, Tebow, that's a whole other exception. We'll just kind of discount that year. The fact that they're close is I'll give Demarius Thomas a, a huge uptick on that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think they're really that far apart. And no. when it comes time for the, the, uh, 
you know, collusion, that is a big deal. When you've got two teams setting up, you know, what they ultimately pay two superstar wide receivers, that sets the bar for everyone. Yep. It's going to set the bar for the Ravens in a few years. If, if Brashad Perryman starts coming up and, and does really please, well. Please be that good, Brashad. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If we're talking about $70 million over five years for Brashad, then the I Ravens have at least one more ring. I see yeah. does. I see Des Bryant being the future T.O. and um, Demarius Thomas becoming the future Steve Smith. I, I could kind of somewhat see that. I, I could see Demarius Thomas being a, a very productive guy throughout his career. Um, and, and same thing with Des Bryant, much in the way that Terrell Owens was. But, yeah, they, there's probably going to be some more baggage around Des Bryant, and I, I think that's just his character. Yeah. So. You know, who knows? We'll we'll ultimately see once the you know once the chips fall uh, over the next few years if Des Bryant's the same player he was before the contract mm. as he was afterwards, and same thing for Demarius Thomas. So, uh, yeah, that, that that'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on those two over the next few years, um, especially as both their quarterbacks maybe start to deteriorate deteriorate a little bit more, and maybe they have to go ahead and deal with someone who isn't as good. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to those two wide receivers, we got Justin Houston, the outside linebacker from the Kansas City Chiefs, got a six-year, $101 million deal with $52.5 million guaranteed. Let me say that again, just for all those people that are, like, counting couch change. (laughs) $52.5 million guaranteed. That is more than I think any of us, all of us combined here on this podcast, will make in a lifetime. And that's just guaranteed. That's not talking incentives. Yeah, you know, hey, if I can make one third of that, I'm set, man. I'm I'm so happy. But uh, yeah, how do how do you feel about that, uh, Daniel? How how do you feel about Justin Houston getting that type of a deal? A hundred million dollar man now. Oh, that's awesome. I'm happy for the guys. Well deserved. One of the best linebackers in the league for the last uh what four seasons he's been in yeah. um most productive one of the most productive guys uh plays on a great defense and um I'm just happy for him he he racked up 22 sacks last year for some reason I didn't realize he had that many yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's interesting when you when you look at when he was drafted too. He was drafted in the 2011 draft, so not the same one as as the Des Demarius thing that was going on just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. But he was drafted in the third round, the 70, 70th <clears throat> overall pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. I mean, it, if you're any team in the first two rounds, you have to be kicking yourself now. The guy's 26. He just signed. You know, a hundred and one million dollar deal. He's been putting up, you know, twenty uh, twenty season sacks now. That's that's sick. He's yep. first team All Pro in two thousand fourteen. He was a sack leader last year. Uh, you know, three time Pro Bowl player. That kid is going to be a beast for quite a while, barring something bad happening. And especially when you kind of hear his quotes afterwards uh, about how you know he's just going to keep working. That that deal is great. But uh, he still has work to do. Wait, Michael That's Strahan. What you want to hear out of it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, didn't want to cut you no, off. No, you're good. Michael Strahan, uh, his all-time season sack record was 22.5, right? Correct. Yep. And had Brett Favre not had told his offensive <laughs> oh. linemen to let him through, <laughs> oh whatever, that would have been 21.5, right? So 
That's I believe that only sack. counted as a half sack. Yeah, half sack. Oh, they counted that as a half sack? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think that was along with somebody else. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if I am correct, it uh, yeah, it would have been 22 versus 22 because I think it was the half sack that put him over the edge. Yeah. Well. I mean, that's... That's crazy. I mean, 2013, he had 11 sacks. 2012, he had 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's a hell of a lot of Lethal sacks weapon. in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. How about you, Kyle? How do you feel about Justin Houston being the $101 million man now? I think his entire career so far has been overshadowed by J.J. Watt and the phenom that Watt has been. And so people see him as an underrated player for for the chiefs because people don't see him in such a small market. And also I just finished uh, searching through some of his stats and such. He hasn't had a penalty in two years and he's never had a personal foul. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. I can't believe that. Yeah. I've been looking it up right now and yeah, Justin Houston hasn't had a penalty in two years and has never gotten a personal foul, which is terrorizing because it, to get 22 sacks and not have an offsides or not get a yeah, what what uh, another uh, penalty? What would it be? Um, oh yeah, you know, hitting a quarterback late. Yeah. Really, any, any yeah. of this, any of the penalties that you would typically get as a pass rusher. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm very surprised. Also, he deserves he deserves so much money, and the only reason that people don't know him as well is because of JJ Watt. He, it's mm-hmm. it. That's that's a very good point. I mean, he he did beat J.J. Watt last year as the the NFL sack leader. Um, it was close, but obviously Watt is is an all around player. Where you know Justin Houston probably is more confined to just rushing the passer, um, but he is still young enough to kind of develop a lot of those other skills. Um, so yeah, that that's that's going to be incredibly interesting to see what he does over the next you know six years. Absolutely. Now that deal is not really six-year deal. I mean, like most contracts, uh, you, you got to look at the guaranteed money. You got to understand that a lot of that's going to be backloaded. Yep. And I don't have uh, Houston's deal right in front of me, but um, you know, chances are it's probably a three, maybe four-year deal, really. Uh, and then the last two years, you know, the Chiefs can opt out of it or try to extend him mm-hmm. um, and, and lower that cap number because I'm sure it is beastly uh, in those last two years. <laughs> so, you know, we've seen the Ravens do it. We've seen every team do it. That's just what is, is you know, common <laughs> there. So, um, yeah, the, you know, go did ahead. You know, or, did you uh, know yeah. that Houston was uh, was drafted in the third round? I did not. Yeah, yeah. In, in was, the 70th overall pick. Wow. He failed tests for marijuana at the NFL scouting combine, causing his stock yeah. to slide. He did and, it on uh, the <laughs> Oh, my God. Over yeah. the course of his rookie contract, he's only made roughly th- uh, over $3 million. That's Wow. Only. Kansas City just got a really good price out of him. Or, wow. Well, now, here's the thing. Let, let's look at it this way. Justin Houston had 22 sacks last season. The Kansas City Chiefs as a whole, as an entire team, had only 46 sacks. The dude accounted for half, nearly half of that team's sack total. That's ridiculous. Now, also keep in mind, the Chiefs finished fifth uh, with 46 sacks. The Ravens finished with 49 sacks. You know, so there's not a lot of difference there. The the NFL leader last year was the Buffalo Bills with 54, mm. but 22 out of 46 sacks is attributed to that man. 
there's no way you let him hit the free agent market if, if you're Kansas City. Oh, God. I mean, you're, you're looking at maybe you could get eight sacks out of the next guy up. Mm. If you're lucky, maybe you get 30 sacks. 30 sacks would put you at the about 27th, 28th overall spot. That's a huge drop if you're Kansas City. So, you know, while a lot of people might uh, disagree with the $101 million, $52.5 million guaranteed, they'd be fools. And a lot of that goes to uh, the Chiefs would not be where they are anywhere close if they were if they didn't have Justin Houston. Right. Mm. Now, to relate it back to the Ravens, uh, I wrote an article earlier this week about how Justin Houston's deal could possibly affect the Ravens' pass rusher, and, and more specifically, uh, Elvis Doomerville. Now, Doomerville still has plenty of time left on his contract. That's not saying that uh, you know he, he's up next year or anything like that. But we've seen it with players before. Guys, when they get that type of money, when that type of money is being thrown around, and all of it's because of 22 sacks, let's be honest. If Elvis Doomerville can hit the 20 mark this season... I mean, I would not be all that surprised to see him and his agent sit out the entire offseason and say, look, we need to redo this. I'm not making enough money. That dude got $101 million. Now, I'm not 26, but... He's nowhere close to 26. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 well, he's going to be 32 by the, by the time the contract comes around. But, you know, in that case, you could still attribute it to, what, Jared Allen got $35 million. Doomerville could afford... Could afford to sit out. Now, if you're the Ravens, I think you probably trade him in that instance because you got a 20-sack guy. You could probably get a second-round pick easy out of just about any team in the league. Um, you know, but, but it is interesting. I mean, do you guys think that there's going to be any effect from that deal on the Ravens' pass rushers next season? How about you, Kyle? Um, I, I don't think it'll be a big issue. For Elvis Doomerville and the Ravens, uh, he's thirty. He'll be thirty-two next year uh, in yeah. January. By the time the playoffs roll around, he'll be thirty-two. He's not going to be old enough to say, "Hey, I'm going to sit this one out," and I expect the Ravens to do something about it. I don't think that's going to happen. Elvis has also been really cool about his translation. Also, fun fact: his nickname, his middle name, is Cool. Uh, but huh. no, I don't think he'll. I don't think it'll affect us. I really don't. I, you know that that's something that's been stated around Twitter a little bit uh, since I since I wrote up that article. So, you know, how about you, Daniel? Do you think that it screws with anything? No, I agree with Kyle. Um, I don't see any huge like any mega deal um, coming Doomerville's way. Um, uh, it, I just think it comes with the system that he's you know in right now. You know, being in the AFC North, we need. Linebackers who are willing to, you know, put everything on the line at every given play, trying to read the backfield and um, just constantly, you know, hunting down run, running backs. Um, I mean, we could find, like, if we were to tell, like, I guess, for example, if we were to tell any young kid out there, just, you know, we we need a, a guy who can hustle and who could, um, you know, <clears throat> be a sideline to sideline linebacker, could you, you know, could you do this? You know, could we send you out on blitzes? I'm pretty sure any hungry uh, linebacker, young kid, would be willing to take as little amount of money, you know, just to make a point. So, I guess Justin Houston being in the well, wait, he's in the AFC West, right? He correct. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you can disagree or agree to disagree. Uh, they're more 
like hap, um, what pass happy offenses that were there, as opposed to the smash mouth offensive styles we have in the AFC North. I would agree. So, uh, I mean, not by much, because um, you know we we have a uh, Ben Roethlisberger doing his thing in Pittsburgh, but you know Cleveland runs the ball a lot. You know, yeah, even the Bengals run the ball a lot. Bengals so are a run. We need guys. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. I, but but that's the thing, it. though, is if if you're looking at 20 sacks for Doomerville, you know, keep in mind, his contract was for five years and eight and a half million guaranteed. Now, <laughs> we we were talking about, you know, the difference in terms of age and everything like that between Justin Houston and Doomerville, and that makes complete sense. But if you look at another guy who was in that 20 sack club, you're looking at Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. Now, at 33... Jared Allen signed a contract with the Bears for four years and thirty-two million, wow. with a guarantee of fifteen and a half. Okay. Now, if you're Elvis Dumerville, you signed five years, twenty-six, with only eight and a half. So you're getting a lot less per year. You're getting a lot less guaranteed on a longer deal. You know, again, don't get me wrong. He he, he would be stupid to mm. do it, and the Ravens would be stupid to pay him. But, I mean, to go against what you were saying, Daniel, you, you could put anyone. I mean, you could put me out in the field. I'll go ahead and play for, give me 100 bucks and a hot dog. I'll play. <laughs> but I'm not going to come anywhere close to producing 20 sacks. Right. right That's right. the issue. When you've got a guy that hits that 20 sacks total, and, and again, this is all predicated on the idea that, that Doomerville hits the 20 sack total. He hit 17 last year. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so that is a jump up. Three extra sacks, that's a lot. But, you know, you're looking at his deals end is over at the end of the 2017 season. So yeah. next year, that would be his next to last season. He's got a cap hit of a little over seven million. His dead caps about five. You know, you're looking at a savings of two point eight million dollars or something like that for the Ravens. Mm. It's not a ton of money for the Ravens to save on a 20 sack guy. He he certainly does have a bit of leverage there. I, again, I think the Ravens trade him. I think I think they could find someone in in their in their depth chart to cover that eighty twenty rule. Yeah. And for those that don't know, it's eighty percent of the production for twenty percent of the price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, even if he's looking at at Jared Allen money, I'm sure the Ravens could find somebody like that, and they would trade him without a, a hesitation. Uh. But if you're Doomerville, it, it will maybe not if you're Doomerville. If you're Doomerville's agent. I already have Doomerville on the phone. I'm talking to Elvis going, hey, man, maybe next season, maybe you don't show up to training camp. Yeah, no kidding. Now, I see where you're, I see where you're coming from now. I'm, I'm flip-flopping here. I'm on that side. <laughs> I am. Now, that's insane I mean, to think. Danell, what, LRB, right? And yep. Yep. Danell McPhee, these guys are all replaceable. So, I mean, the real matter of the question is, is Elvis irreplaceable? Hmm. We so hope guess, so with uh, We hope so Smith. this year. My question certainly, is, certainly. Uh, we, I mean, could Doomerville be replaced? I mean, I think he could be, but <laughs> the big question would end up being he could be replaced, but if you're Doomerville, you still ask for that money because even if he is replaced, some team will give him a boatload of cash. Absolutely. I yeah. think another key point is this is the first contract in Justin Houston's career that wasn't a CBA contract, a rookie contract. And he finally hit the Mega Millions. You know, he finally got the contract he's been working for for four seasons now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's typical of, of those types of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, looking at Justin Houston's totals, 
you know, your, your last year was his big, big coming out party. 16 games played uh, in 22 sacks versus 2013, excuse me, where he had 11 games played and only 11 sacks. Mm. You know, he certainly played better last season, and maybe that has to do with just growth as a player, and maybe that has to do with the fact that, hey, there's $100 million on the line. You hustle a little bit more. But, mm. uh, you know, who knows what type of player Justin Houston's going to be next season. Right. With a veteran, you know who you got. So uh, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know that that it. it look, if, if if Elvis, if you're listening and your agent hasn't <laughs> called you, 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 you can reach me on the website, man. I, my email address is right there. I'm just convinced these guys that maybe you should get a little bit more money. I'm sure I could convince Oz or at least one of the dumb GMs out in, in, in football. I'm sure I can convince one of them to give you like 35 million, man. Come on. There you go. Call me. There you go. Call me. There you go. <laughs> take right. my number down so, too. Uh, <laughs> just take it down. We'll we'll work as a team, guys. We'll all just constantly keep calling Ozzy Newsom. Um, all right. From there, we, we talked about Justin Houston, that big deal there. The Patriots gave kicker Stephen Goskowski the largest kicker contract ever, four years, seventeen point two million dollars. Uh, you know that that's a big deal. That's it's it's certainly not one hundred and one million dollars, but you know, Gostowski doesn't tackle anyone either. So, uh, how, how do you feel about it, Daniel? How do you feel about uh, the Patriots giving giving their kicker some big cash? Like Kyle, I want to go back and learn how to kick the pigskin. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really have much thoughts about it. I just it says in Kyle's article that um, the best statistical fifth best statistical kicker with a hundred or more attempts is making 4.3 million dollars a year and um that i don't know i i, I feel justin Tucker is going to get signed to huge uh, a big deal soon very very it's imminent but i um yeah. just a matter of time right absolutely i mean do, do you think daniel this deal for gustowski i'm gonna butcher his name all day long but Dude, do purpose. you think gustowski's deal do you think that ultimately screws up Justin Tucker a little bit? Maybe he wants a little bit more. I mean, we obviously don't know what he was asking for, or what the Ravens were offering. Or do you think that Justin Tucker gets signed before the start of the season simply because now that 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 level's been hit, that bar's been set? Mm. You know, you probably should pay him maybe a little bit more, but it's not going to be a huge difference more. You know, do do you think Tucker gets signed quick, or do you think he uh, he holds out? Um. I think he, uh, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. I, can you ask Kyle? I have Absolutely. a question Kyle. to Kyle. What is the question? All right, again? Kyle. Do you think that Gusta, uh, Steven's deal, <laughs> we're just going to say Steven. Do you think that the Patriots given their kicker that much money, do you think that's the thing that kind of, because it sets the bar for what a kicker needs to be paid, do you think that's the deal that, that makes Tucker sign on the dotted line, or do you think he pushes for still more money and the Ravens aren't going to be willing to do it, at least not this season, maybe something happens later on down the line, but do you think he gets signed before the season? No, I do not think he gets signed before the season. I think he will be fighting for more money, and because he deserves it. He is the best kicker in the NFL, bar none. Nobody, you can't argue with me. You don't get to do it, because the stats... The stats prove it. Like The stats straight up prove it. He is 91.2% all time. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. He is he is nasty, and not only that, but his kick is uh his kickoffs his 2014 kickoff stats alone are much bigger than anybody else's. Goskowski's 54.1 percent touchback on what was it 98 yeah. kickoffs, and yeah. Tucker kicked off 86 times. 69.8 percent were touchbacks. You just cannot. You, Justin Tucker is going to kick it out of the field almost every time. Kick it out going, of the field. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. He's on kickoffs. It's going to go through the other upright. Okay, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> he does it consistently. I've watched it. Uh. He's so good. <laughs> now, he is very good. He deserves more money than Goskowski, in my opinion. And I, I like I wrote in that article. I assume he gets four point eight per year, or four point five over about five to six years. We might give him a long contract because we want to keep a kicker that well. But it didn't work out for the last time when we got. Uh, I'm going to say his name really quick, Billy. Kind of for the problems that arose afterwards. Boo. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to play devil's ad- advocate here, Kyle. Bring it. I, I'm going to say that. Just because Gostowski doesn't have as many touchbacks, that could be all scheme for the Patriots. Now, also keep in mind that the Patriots have 21.2 yards per return versus the Ravens' 23.1 yards per return. So maybe that's just scheme for him not kicking it out of the back of the end zone. I I don't necessarily give anything to the touchback ratio. Uh, But I also will say that while Tucker overall, if you're counting career field goals, you know, Tucker is, out of 102 field goals, he's hit 93 for a 91.2 ratio. Uh, Steven Goskowski is, out of 271 field goals, he's hit 234 for 86.3. If you look over the past two years, though, if I am correct, and I don't have the stats in front of me, I believe Goskowski is like 96% over the past year or two, versus Tucker's like 93-ish. Uh, so so Goskowski has been better recently, and we all know that in the NFL, it's it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of league. Right. I, I, and I'll, I'll agree with you on this. I think Tucker holds out for more money because I think the Ravens try to go ahead and lowball him a little bit and say, look, you haven't been as good over the past two seasons. Let's give you a four-year deal. Maybe at the end of three years, we'll talk about it. If you're still hitting you know, 92 93 94%. Eh, we'll talk about it. We'll see what's going on, and, and we'll pay you accordingly there. And and I think Tucker does the little Manziel money sign and goes, nah, it's not going to happen. Somebody will pay me. So I, uh, I, I can agree and disagree with you on this one, Kyle. I would uh, like to think Tucker's a lot more humble than that, but, um, I've, you know, he was undrafted, and he has to realize where his roots are. If he deserves to get money. money. He deserves he money. Deserves. He should get yeah. money. But... Yeah. He also didn't allow 955 kickoff return yards as opposed to only allowing 601, like you were arguing earlier, Matt. It could be scheme, but I would prefer to have 300 mm. less kickoff return yards because those are less chances that somebody breaks off for the big one. But see, that's that's all talking about in terms of the number of kickoffs, too. Right. I mean, you're looking at 98 kickoffs to 86. <laughs> that's The, that's the yards more. per return. That's 12 more. That's 12 more. But the yards per return, Tucker <laughs> loses that battle. Kyle, I you're, would, uh, you're I'd average. Have, no, I'd have one, just one kickoff. That's all it takes to have them score. And I'm gonna, I prefer my kicker, my kicker get that thing out every single day of the week. Every single kick, I would prefer to be out of the end zone. They can't return it because if the, it just takes one return to be a seven point difference. 
I, I completely agree with you. And if I'm Ozzie Newsome, you know, I, I try to make that deal. Uh, maybe you go ahead and give him the same amount as Goskowski, and maybe you go ahead and try to, you know, weasel some way of, of uh, you know, putting incentives in there or, or something along those lines to maybe give him the edge, make him feel like he's won, but you still get a kicker at a good price. But then again, you know, the Ravens did just give Sam Cook a pretty big deal of his own. So, remember the you kickers, know, the Ravens... The kickers uh, listen to their coaches. Bill Belichick could always be telling him to not kick it too deep into the end zone, maybe see right. a return yeah. after defense, defense set up, you know, on the 18-yard line or who, who may have you. Um, you know, Tom Coughlin, <laughs> the Giants coach, yelled at uh, who was the dude who punted it uh, to Deshaun Matt Jackson. Dodge. He turned Matt it, Dodge. Matt Dodge, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and you saw it after the game. Tom Coughlin was screaming his head off. Why didn't you just kick it out of bounds like we told you to, you know? So who knows? All the stats... That 300-yard difference that Kyle just mentioned, um, you know. It is a difference. I'll I'll give you that. One other thing. Significant difference. I understand. Right. When you mentioned the contract and incentives, a a boatload more of guaranteed money would probably calm uh, Justin Tucker down. I think if you gave him a 4.8, a 4.5 contract with a load more of guaranteed money than a 4.8 with less, I think you would take the 4.5 with the guaranteed money. And I think you're right on that one. I think if you give him the more guaranteed money, and we saw the same thing with, uh, you know, Joe Flacco. He was the highest paid quarterback, but when you look at the guaranteed money, no, he's not. Uh, at the time he signed the deal, that is. Right. Um, you know, the Ravens could very well do something very similar on that, which is, fine, we'll give you a fat contract, but it's going to be guaranteed for $3 million less than what Gostowski's going to make, so... Parade that one around. Go right for it. But those last two years, everyone knows you're never going to get it. So whatever. There you go. You know. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens on that. I, I'm, I'm. That's. I think that's the biggest signing that the Ravens could make this off season is to get their special teams completely locked down in both Sam Cook and Justin Tucker. I mean, that's that's a hell of a special teams uh, unit. So, mm. all right, guys. Well. Don't forget that Rally Bus is our very first sponsor. Uh, they've been with us now for the very first week, and they're going to be with us for a little bit longer. But today's episode of the Baltimore Beatdown Prod- Pod- Podcast is brought to you in part by Rally Bus. Rally Bus is the premier way to start your tailgating on the way to the big game. Leave your car at home and let Rally Bus take you to the game. Now, my own little insight here uh, my ex father in law was killed by a drunk driver. Uh, So definitely, if you have a choice and you plan on getting a little turned up at the game, which, hey, everyone likes to do, uh, you know, call these guys. Get these guys on your side and have them go ahead and take you to and from the game. And the great thing is, you get to drink on the party bus. You get to drink on it back. Even if a win or loss... You get to enjoy a little bit there at the end, and you don't have to worry about the DUIs. You don't have to worry about the tickets. You don't have to worry about any other trouble that goes along with it. And ultimately, you get a chance to save a life. Now, part of what Rally Bus is doing for us is they're hooking us up with a $10 off your booking coupon if you use the promo code RAVENSRALLY10. That's R-A-V-E-N-S-R-A-L-L-Y. One zero for ten dollars off your booking. Ride happy, ride smart. 
rally bus. All right, everybody. Well, from that, we're going to talk a little bit about Justin Forsett. We've talked about all the other big contracts that are going on, and a lot of people forget that Justin Forsett, the Ravens running back, signed a decent deal. Now, he's a journeyman uh, uh, running back. He's been around the league for a little while and, and has never been really all that consistent due to a number of factors. But the Ravens went ahead and gave him a bunch more money, and it does not seem to be deterring him all that much from working a lot harder this offseason. And we've, we've put it up on Baltimore Beatdown. The, the dude's repping weights that, I mean, I, some of us would have trouble doing with two hands. He's over there doing barbells like they're nothing. And, he, you know, he's running around. He has the right type of attitude. He's out there talking about how he's going to go ahead and work a lot harder this season. And if you've seen him, and, and I got a chance to see him at OTAs, he looks bigger this season. He mm. looks more ripped. He looks like he is ready to, to start killing people. Ready to rumble. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love seeing a guy, and we talked about it with Justin Houston before, I love seeing a guy who gets a contract, who appreciates the fact that the franchise believes in him, and will go out there and put the work in still afterwards. And we've seen the opposite happen. We've seen guys like your Albert Hainsworth, uh, Uh. you know, get that big money. And then all of a sudden, in a year or two, those franchises are kicking themselves. Cough, cough, Redskins. (laughs) So how do you guys feel about Justin Forsett? Do you think maybe he does better this season? Or do you think maybe, you know, some of this is just him – uh, you know, beasting out in the weight room and, and not going to be able to do so well. How about you, Kyle? I'm all for him dominating the weight room. I'm all for him working hard. He's going to be even better this season. Everybody's thinking, oh, he's going to have game film on him now, that we're going to be able to stop him now. Uh, we lost Gary Kubiak. Now they got a different guy in the, as the offensive coordinator. No, we're going to be good. He's going to He's going to outplay what he did last year, which was enormous. I think he's going to be mm-hmm. phenomenal. And while people, uh, you're not going to see as many rushing yards because of the fact he's going to be catching more passes out of the backfield is what I think. He's, he looks great, though, and I'm excited to watch Justin Forsett, the sheriff, because he, is, he isn't the law, and he, isn't the sh- he just didn't force it, you know? The sheriff. That's the sheriff. Peyton Manning's nickname. No, because he, he isn't, he isn't uh, I, I'm screwing it, I'm butchering it right now. I cannot do it correctly. He, he isn't the law, he just enforce it. Yeah, he just enforce it. He's just enforce it. I, I, I'm gonna, if we had a buzzer right here, I would hit the buzzer. Kyle, that is a negative 10 points, buddy, for that <laughs> terrible, terrible nickname. I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort, <laughs> but when you got to explain it and say it a second Screwed time. Screw it up. All right. Mute, just mute me. Just mute me at this point. Uh, all right, Daniel, how about you? I, I know you've been a big fan of Forsett since he was here last season. Oh, yeah. What do you feel Forsett's doing, man? All about Forsett. Great man, respectable character. I um, love that he's a man of prayer. Um, he mentions God in a lot of his interviews uh, whenever he he blogs about God and this and that. And so uh, he does things that culturally, you know, in the NFL-wise, he's, you know, he angers a lot of the shadowy figures up there. But he, he does his thing. I like I like him. A lot, and I hope the best for him. He's a journeyman. Um, I'm, I mean, like what Kyle said about him getting a lot of receiving or re- receptions this year. I don't, I don't see it too. I don't see it happening. Um, I don't see it going over more than 44 receptions that he had last year. Um, so yeah, but besides that, 
I agree with every in that terrible joke. I um, <laughs> I agree with everything Kyle said. All right, all right. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Justin Forsett, I think, like Kyle said, probably has maybe less rushing yards, but I think he's gonna have a hell of a lot more receiving yards. The Ravens did not really utilize him a ton last season, and they've done that a lot for a lot of their running backs over the past few seasons. They like throwing the ball to to a guy that is shifty, who is used to having the ball in his hands and making people miss, and that's Justin Forsett. And it's also a great outlet valve for for you know Flacco. He's used to having those tight ends be able to do a, a similar type of thing. And this season, with the tight end situation kind of being up in the air, you got you got Crockett Gilmore. You, you still have Max Williams. You might have Dennis Pitta, but a lot of that's still up in the air. Who, who knows how those guys are going to pan out? You know how Forsett's going to pan out. You know what you got in Forsett. And, and Flacco has some type of, of chemistry with him already, having obviously played with him for a season and throwing to him. He threw to him 59 times. Forsett caught 44 of them for 263 yards. But I, I think he, Forsett maybe drops down in his yardage. I think he drops down significantly in his touchdowns. Mm. But I, I think he goes ahead and catches a lot more balls and does a lot more with that. And the reason why I think he, he has less touchdowns is because I think uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro, I think he starts kind of grabbing some of those uh, uh, goal line Mm-hmm. runs away from Forsett. Mm-hmm. Forsett's not the biggest guy in the world, though he is ripped at this point. I mean, who knows? Forsett but, was uh, more revered yeah. as a, a running back. I mean, I'm sorry, obviously he's a running back. Sorry. He was revered <laughs> more as a ball carrier. Uh, out of the um, backfield, he was averaging 7.1 and 7.4 yards per carry his first two years with the Seahawks. He was one cut back. He's just... Um, he was, I guess, his number was called when they wanted like a him someone to break a you know long, long uh, what am I saying long, uh, uh, fill me in right here, long, a long run, way yes, on the first down when you go ahead and hand him the ball to the end yeah. zone. Thank you, God. Um, but yeah, as as much, uh, do you know how many touchdowns he has totaled in his career as a receiver? I do not. I know he had zero last season. So he has. I'll give you two options. One, he has one, and he has seven. I'm going to say one. Seven. <laughs> Kyle, you're, you're, you get negative 20 points for Kyle. Well, uh, I mean, I have, have one. the other side. <laughs> I know, I know. No, he has seven. He has... No, that's, that's still negative 20, Kyle. I'm, <laughs> I'm winning. One reception that went for a touchdown <laughs> in 2009 with, with the Seahawks. So, he's not... I don't know. I don't see how defensive coordinators can all of a sudden say, "Wow, Tressman's here, and Justin Forsett's going to blow up as a you know receiving running back." So let's all prepare for him. You know, I mean, I'd like him to you know come out you know the back, uh, you know through the back door, possibly you know have a lot of misdirections going, and then Flacco you know dumping off a pass to you know. Sorry, am I rambling? I don't know. Tell me. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Um. I'm going to disagree with you on this one, Daniel. And and the big reason is Tressman. And here's the reason why everyone's getting excited about this. Tressman's known for using his running backs in this exact way from throwing the ball to him. And even though, you know, four sets not been great out of the backfield when it comes to, uh, you know, to touchdowns or even to yardage when, when you've got that, 
he he really hasn't had a chance to have that. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's been behind Arian Foster. He's been behind Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. He's never really gotten a chance to kind of start, which is why last year, you know, 2014 was his coming out party, mainly because of the fact that he's never really had a chance. I think if he gets a chance to catch the ball out of the backfield, he's certainly going to do it. And, mm-hmm. and even Flacco kind of uh, during OTAs got a chance to ask him a little bit about that. And he said, he's, he's ready. Uh, you know, he, he thinks he can go ahead and do it. He's great in protection already. Mm-hmm. And with Trestman having a reputation for throwing the ball to his running backs, I don't know. I, I, I have a strange feeling that Forsett is going to be used a lot, much like uh, a lot of fans will remember Ray Rice was used uh, in, in that capacity. Use him as a one-two punch, Lorenzo Taliaferro, or whoever wins the backup position. Uh, you go ahead and let them take the goal line. You let them go ahead and battle it for the short yardage, and you let Forsett spread those legs and, and just you know run down the field. See, I mean, to, to pad what I said earlier, uh, Tressman got to the Bears in 2013, correct? I think. Uh, yes, yes. He, uh, he went there as the head coach, was there for two years, and did not do well as a head coach. Okay, so see, I'm looking up Forte's stats numbers. Um, before, like since 2008... Till Tressman got there in 2013, this man had, he was crushing the receiving game. He had 63, 57, 51, 52 receptions prior to Tressman's entrance. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, I don't know where I'm going with that. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I dig what you're saying, uh, Daniel. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when the season comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly all seem to be on, on different, uh, things here, but, uh, yeah, I, I think if maybe you're trying to draft for set, uh, and you don't have a, a point per reception league, maybe stay away from him until the later rounds. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as big of a guy this season as he was last season. So, you know, who, who knows though, who knows ultimately. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump from Justin Forsett, and we're going to talk about the SB News. Uh, if you don't know, ESPN has their regular awards show. It's called the ESPYs, E-S-P-Y. Uh, it's their little trophy they go ahead and give out. Uh, I know, Kyle, that you were interested mainly in this story, and I know you went ahead and wrote this one up for Baltimore Beatdown. Uh, the Bengals' Devin Still accepts the Jimmy V Award on behalf of his daughter, uh, Leah Still. Uh, and for those that don't know, Leah Still was uh, diagnosed with cancer and has had a, a pretty uh, you know, rough route of it. Uh, anyone that's been that young, anyone at all, really, that has cancer, it, it's a terrible thing. So uh, his daughter has really been kicking butt, uh, and the Bengals have really helped him out as well. But I'll, I'll let you dive a little bit more into that one, Kyle, since that's, that's been kind of your forte and you know a little bit more about it. It's something serious. It's something that I, I'm actually really excited to talk about. It's important, and I'm so happy for Devin Still being able to accept this award. I'm not happy that he had to have been awarded it because it's a tough thing to go about. You know, it's a trophy for something that you've been fighting for and and pushing through in your life, and it's rough. And I'm proud that. Uh, I, watching that video, I, I was on it at 2 a.m. last night watching it, and I didn't get through it without crying. It's it's something, speci- it's something special. He's trying to put into words what it means to be battling cancer, not personally, but instead his four-year-old daughter at the time. 
was battling cancer, and it's rough, man, to watch this guy in front of hundreds and on television speaking to thousands put into words the battle of his personal life, trying to be a football player for a business as the same time as trying to make sure he can be a father to the, a daughter struggling to stay alive. It, it's, it's something special. I, I, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's just I'm happy that Devin still has been able to do something as special as that. And I'm proud of the Bengals because the people that don't know the story was he was drafted and he ended up getting cut. And immediately after getting cut, they signed him to the practice squad because they knew, the the Cincinnati Bengals knew his daughter was fighting cancer and they wanted to make sure that he could be able to pay for the treatments, the best treatments that she could actually have. And yeah. not only that, but then they started selling Devin Still jerseys. A practice squad guy is having his jersey sold for awareness of pediatric cancer research. They raised $400,000 in four days. They're well over $1 million now. I know that Sean Payton, the head coach for the New Orleans Saints, bought 100 and was just gifting them out. I know other players yeah. were doing I, – I know there's other stories of players doing that and people doing that, but it's, it's an amazing cause. It's amazing just to read about and hear about, and I suggest you go, if not on – our own website at the Baltimore Beatdown. Go to ABC News. I believe they have the website up. You can just simply Google Devin Still accepts Jimmy V Award or accepts Espy. You'll find the video. Please do watch it. It's something special, and people need to see this. It's it's something real. It's real. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off of that, Kyle. For you know those that uh, have the means to be able to do it, please go ahead and donate some money to to a childhood cancer uh, research. Uh, fund, it is much needed, and I mean, it, it's sad when it happens, obviously, and I've got a buddy of mine who has gone through it, uh, you know, with his daughter. It, it is, I, I couldn't imagine, I mean, I don't have kids, I don't, I don't think anyone here on the podcast does have mm -hmm. kids, but uh, so we can't fully put ourselves in those shoes, but I, I could not imagine how terrible that is to have your, your son or daughter um, who maybe doesn't fully understand what's going on uh, have to go ahead and deal with that. That's intense. Um, and then the the financial side of things. Obviously, Devin still is is lucky in the fact that you know he's able to play on a football uh, team. And in you know even with that, he still needs the insurance to be able to go ahead and do it. Uh, that's crazy. So you know the average Joe Blow. There's no way they're going to be able to afford any of that cancer treatment without going bankrupt themselves. So, uh, you know, for for all of those that can, please donate. Fi find a, a reputable charity. Uh, hell, buy a Devin Still jersey. Uh, it, it's going to a good cause. And there's enough people that that really overlook this uh, when it comes to to things like breast cancer or any of the other uh, cancers that are out there. The childhood one is nasty, and uh, yeah. In addition to watching the video, toss a few bucks some to 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 a good charity, please. Mm. All right, guys. Well, from that kind of sad thing, uh, I, you know, nobody likes talking about that. Let's look at the other AFC North news. You have, or excuse me, the SB news. You have uh, Odell Beckham Jr wins the best play. And, and Kyle, you and I have talked a little bit about uh, OBJ uh, off the podcast. 
I- I'm going to let you go all over this one, so that way people can hate you on that side. <laughs> Good. This Good, I have. Because... I'm excited for this. Good. You, you better be, because, all right, the other play that it was up against was the Malcolm Butler game-winning interception in Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl. And you want to know what I think? I'll give it to you. Odell Beckham Jr. completely deserves this this award, and it is not even close, and it's driving me nuts. What? It's driving me nuts that anybody thinks otherwise. This play is insane. I remember watching that. I was watching it on, on, on my buddy's TV. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to pull up the game. You aren't using the TV. You cool that? Yeah, that's no problem. Go ahead. I remember turning it on. I was about four plays before it, and I watched that man snag it with three fingers so far behind his head. Oh, my goodness. He totally deserves this. I don't love the hype train that surrounds Odell Beckham Jr., but I, without a doubt, believe this is the best play of the year. I'm so happy that he was awarded because he deserved it much more than yeah. any other play in the world this year. I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, Kyle, I, I know you're not a big OBJ fan, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it was even a competition – the interception in the Super Bowl was part bad throw, part just a good read, but nothing spectacular. Uh, you know, if out of all the interceptions last season that, that it should have gone to, uh, if if you're not counting OBJ, is Terrell Suggs and that weird knee catch <laughs> without his hands. You know, that that was an interception. <laughs> not the Blake but, Grimes one, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But, you know, out of all of them, yeah, OBJ. That's that's an easy one. Beckham Jr. deserves that hands down. Well, one hand up, really, really high, and one hand nowhere close to it. That's yeah. He he deserved it through and through. And I know again, you're not a big fan of uh, OBJ, or at least the hype that surrounds the man. But uh, but yeah. How about you, Daniel? Do you think that 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 went to him, that should go to him, or do you think maybe Terrell Suggs should win it with that uh, interception? <laughs> with the between the legs. Yeah. No, although OBJ deserves it. I wish they had won the game, but <clears throat> if you're comparing, I mean, if there was an award for the most acrobatic catch, OBJ, the best play of the year, I mean, Malcolm Butler did, you know, cap the, did, did seal the deal with that um, uh, interception made in front of the end zone. So it's just a, it's just a play, you know, it's just a miss. Bisnomer, I guess that's not what the award should be titled. That's play of the year. You know what I'm saying? That, that's me? fair. I, I completely yeah, I agree that. with that. One. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's if, if you're if you're talking about the best play, the single play, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a team, from a player. Yeah. Then then I give you that one. In, in a big game, I mean, you don't get any bigger than the Super Bowl. The last play of the game. Um, uh, yeah, Malcolm Butler's thinking: Are they going to run with Marshawn? Are they going to pass it towards my side? Well, you know, he has so many things going on. I'm pretty sure everyone's snapping photos, and the fans is just blinding. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that's true. Though I will say that I don't think anyone in that stadium, outside of the Seattle offense, was going. Yeah, we're we're going to throw it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure everyone at the stadium went, it's Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you're, what, at the two-yard line? Who the hell throws it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, that's a tough one because you're right. If, if you're going by the title, then, yeah, that one probably gets it. But, yeah, most acrobatic catch for sure from uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. We're also going to talk a little bit about 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're also going to talk a little about J.J. Watt and Aaron Rodgers uh, lost the best male athlete. Mm. And, and Kyle, I know you're you're sitting there shaking your head. Uh, I can see you. <laughs> you look so angry about it. Again, I'm going to give this one to you. I'm, I'm going to let you do a rant. I'm going to sit here, drink a sip of my beer, and just let you rant. I feel like I'm Stephen A. Smith right now. I'm just going skip, <laughs> skip, skip. Listen here, skip. You need to listen. Am I right skip? Now. All right, skip. All right. This is a catastrophe. All right. <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> This is this is this is invalid. This is unbelievable in all senses of the word. All right, that's how I feel right now. This is garbage. All right, Stephen Curry isn't even the best NBA player. He's not even the best NBA player. It's not even close. LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world still. I know this is a football podcast, but I'm throwing this one in. LeBron James, without a doubt, is the best basketball player in the world. Second would be a healthy Kevin Durant, and then you got your tier three. All right, now I'm done with that. I'm done with basketball. Okay, shepherding back okay. to football. Yeah, back to football. Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. He could be one of the best ever if he keeps his statistics up and wins a couple more Super Bowls. But he's still not even the best athlete. It's J.J. Watt, and it's not even close. J.J. Watt is a phenom. He could revolutionize the 3-4 defensive end position. And mm -hmm. the man has two years of 20-plus sacks. That's never been done before. The Defensive Player of the Year Award should just be called the J.J. Watt Award. He should have won it every single year since he's been playing. Luke Keekley didn't deserve it, but apparently the voters <laughs> thought that tackles were more important than what a revolutionary player happened. It's garbage, and I, I'm, I'm upset. I'm distraught. <laughs> I'm disgusted, Skip. I'm, dis I'm disgusted. This is, this is wrong. Okay, I'm, It really is a disappointment to see that J.J. Watt did lose this award he deserves it he is a phenomenal athlete he's a phenomenal player he's a phenomenal person as well and i believe without a doubt he deserved to win best athlete yeah i mean I, i'll say this I, i'd give it to aaron Rodgers. he's okay. the best quarterback in football right now right. Uh, and he's dating olivia munn i mean that deserves an award <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Negative 10 wow. points. Negative 10 now, points. Now comes time for the creepy part of the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, he's the best quarterback uh, in the league right now. He, he's doing unbelievable things, and J.J. Watt is phenomenal as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly close between those two. But, yeah, Curry getting this reeks of whoever's voting on it, and I don't know who does the voting on ESPYs. It's what? It's recency bias. I really believe that's what it is. Yeah, it, it, that's Curry's that's exactly the MVP. It. He's a new face, and... And it, exactly, and they won a championship after Golden State hadn't won one in forever. That's what it is. It, it would be very much similar to you know Jeremy Lin winning it when when Lin Fever was going on. Lin Sanity, uh, get it right. Yeah, Lin Sanity. Well, whatever. Super you know, it was <laughs> negative twenty points oh, again. Yes, that's a good one. That was a good one. Actually, I, I will give you that. That is plus ten. Thank you, uh, Super Nintendo. That's bravo. But uh, you know, yeah, it, it's it's recency bias. It's those guys were in the news, or Stephen Curry was, uh, St Steve Curry uh, was in the news uh, a lot more recently than J.J. Watt and Aaron Rodgers were. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Watt and Rodgers both do so much off the field as well. I mean, there was a news story today that came out of J.J. Watt helping, uh, uh, you know, person get married, uh, propose. That's, you know, who, who does that, man? Who who just 
on their off time, I'm just going to go, you know, help this person go get hitched. Um, no, yeah, that's that's cool. I don't have any ulterior motives or anything subliminal when I say this. I just hope J.J. Watt isn't caught doing PEDs or, uh, you know, yeah. later yeah. charged with any, you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, like Mark Absolutely. McGuire, Barry Bonds, Lance Armstrong. I don't want J.J. Yep. Lance Armstrong, even I did not see him yeah. that coming. So Absolutely. please, J.J. You know, Watt, I, please be clean. I, I actually was watching the number one video uh, from the top 100 of J.J. Watt, and that was the first thing that came into my mind is how terrible would that be, A, for the NFL, uh, and then for, obviously, J.J. Watt, the Texans, and, and really everyone, if he was caught doing something bad or if he was caught with performance-enhancing drugs, anything really negative surrounding that guy. And, and when you have that type of production that often – those types of things tend to pop their head up, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hopefully J.J. Watt's just a freak of an athlete above being a freak of an athlete for everybody else in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it would crush the NFL massively if that guy turned out to be a cheater. Yep. Uh, speaking of cheaters... <laughs> oh. Oh. We're, we're going to lose the entire northeast uh, of the United States here. Tom Brady, there's some rumors that, uh, you know, it, it might be announced tomorrow about how his appeal went and stuff like that. Uh, that That's all rumors at this point, nothing official, of course. Uh, but it would make sense, obviously, the NFL trying to bury uh, any of that news in a Friday plug uh, where, you know, typically not a lot of people are on doing their thing. But uh, Tom Brady apparently will sue the NFL if he's suspended at all. And we're not talking about if his suspension gets dropped down to two games, he's going to let it go. Uh, apparently, from from what the rumors are about that, his team has already looked at it. The NFLPA has already looked at that and said that any suspension whatsoever, one game, one snap, Tom Brady will take it to the federal level if he needs to. Uh, and that's not a good thing if you're the NFL. I mean, they have not done all that well in federal court when it comes to uh, to, to handling the violations and stuff like that. So it was uh, it, it would be nasty if if that happened. But then again, you know the the information that was out there about Tom Brady and, and the Deflate Gate incident, uh, which I absolutely hate the name by the way, uh, the the deflating incident. I don't know if you're the league, if you could go ahead and drop it four games, especially when the Patriots kind of take out their uh, uh, lawsuit and there was some talk, maybe there was some back uh, backroom deals going on. The NFL is kind of stuck between a, hard, uh, a rock and a hard place. It could either go to court or it could look like it's pay, playing favorites for Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, neither one of those is good. Uh, what do you think about it, Daniel? Oh uh, yeah, neither one of it is good. I, 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 I mean, I really didn't follow the Tudwells report when it all came out. I, uh, so I don't really have much of a say in the situation. Um, if he, t- I mean, in all fairness, that that Wells report was like a billion and a half pages. I don't think anyone read through the whole. <laughs> that was two thing, billion so. and a half pages. So <laughs> two billion and a half. It was. I mean, it, it was enough to where J- Justin Houston's taking it to the bank and cashing it. <laughs> um, ding, ding, ding. Plus 20 points. Plus 40. Uh, yeah, so I mean, do, do you think that he'll actually go through and sue the NFL? 
uh, if if this suspension isn't completely taken away, or, or do you think it's all just him posturing? In an era where we're all just posturing, we don't. I'm not sure. I can't. There are people. The guys are doing it so well. They're disguising their, you know, their crying yeah. wolf here and there. Des Bryant. I didn't know he was being serious until you know, the <laughs> deadline obviously helped. But if Tom Brady, pretty boy Tom Brady, is saying this. I'm not sure what to take make of it. Is he crying that's, that's wolf, Kyle? Tr- is he crying wolf, or is he actually gonna? I I hope he's I hope he's for real because the C- the NFLPA needs to go through this system. They need to do this correctly. They need to fight back, regardless of if he's guilty or not. You have to let the si- the system and the ju- justice be served the correct way. You need to mm. go through the system. You can't. It's even like just compare it to a, a regular parking yeah. ticket. You know you. Fight it just for the reason to fight it because you, you know, you gotta let the system work. And regardless of guilty or not guilty, he needs to go through the system. Yeah, I. But I'll, I'll disagree with you on this one, Kyle. Okay. It, it's he needs to go through the system, but he already went through the system, and that system was the Wells report. That system was Goodell hearing him. That system was any type of appeal. And from all accounts, he never went ahead and really gave any good information and and by all accounts before that point Mm -hmm. he was combative with going ahead and tossing out any information so i i don't know i i I don't know if i mean look if we all had a regular job and, and we worked for any normal company and we got suspended for doing something let's say shoplifting from our from a store that we worked at okay we we don't get to go through the federal government our bosses get to dictate this is what your punishment's going to be, and and that's based off of whatever contract that you've had, uh, whatever type of employee handbooks there, and as well their own feeling on it. Now, Goodell certainly uh, ha- has given harsh punishments, and and there seems to be no rhyme to reason to it. But he's gone through the process of the NFL. His employer is the NFL, right. not the federal government. And, and, and I'm sure there's probably some some federal aspect to it. Uh, due to nonprofit or or some level of something there, but uh, yeah, I I don't know really why the NFL Players Association has anything to do with taking this to the federal level. They've made their appeal. If he loses the appeal, then he loses the appeal. That's what he gets for not being able to bring up good information. All right, that's fair enough. I I just see that. I think that he should be able to appeal this, and he did. You're right. But if he loses games, I can understand why he's trying to fight it. He wants to be able to play for his team, and it's just maybe while he's uh, while they're suing, he still gets to be on the field, and he's hoping that maybe the appeal process or the second appeal process, excuse me, or the, the whatever they're doing, suing, like we have it yeah. wrote down, maybe that takes long enough to where it won't happen until the next offseason he gets to play one more year because he is getting older and he wants to be able to play as many games as he can. Oh, absolutely, and I don't think any player wants to lose game checks or to let their team down in any capacity like that. But, you know, again, all all the the evidence that was out there, you can refute it, you can do whatever, uh, and, and we've seen that by the casual fan, but why can't Tom Brady and his million lawyers, high-paid lawyers, talk about that in, in an appeal setting? Uh, and if if that's the issue to where 
it, he can absolutely prove that nothing like that happened. He has weird video footage of him doing something the entire morning or whatever goes on. If he's completely, without a doubt, clear of this and he has a way to prove it, then he would just get off. I mean, yeah. there, there was, there's, there's no way around it. But when you've got all this information, and I'm sorry, you know, it, it, we're not talking about, oh, he's fat and he was trying to be skinny, trying to deflect. That, that, what a ridiculous, terrible attempt at trying to flip that around, regardless of what was going on. Even if Tom Brady's completely innocent and the team's completely innocent, mm-hmm. how, how ridiculous do you think everyone is to believe that? I mean, you could have, you could have made a fart joke there and it would have been more believable. Right. So I, I just I don't know why it would even need to go any further than this appeal. And mm-hmm. yeah, I you know it, it certainly will if if Tom Brady doesn't get his way. I'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen. And SB Nation wrote an article uh, earlier uh, today about it in terms of Tom Brady could very well end up winning in federal court. And and Adam Stites was the writer. He talked about how it would probably end up going either to Massachusetts or Minnesota. Uh, both of those obviously would have more of a pro Brady type of a, a vibe to them, especially Massachusetts and Minnesota is a little bit more uh, lenient on these types of things okay. when it comes to to suing that. So just by the factor of playing the legal game, uh, Brady would probably win in court, but that still doesn't necessarily mean it's right. And okay. I, I don't know how happy I am about it if I'm a fan, even if the Ravens did it, that. This is it, it just reeks of trying to get out of something that you, you got punished for, you got caught. If you can't present a compelling case to people that judged you, then you know what? Maybe this isn't the thing for you. Maybe you should just retire at this point. Okay, I guess I, I get that. I still think I still gonna stay on there. Like try and fight it, try and win because on the off chance you do win, you get to still play for your team. I know if this is yeah. Joe Flacco, I'd want him to fight it, fight it to the death. You know, make sure that you, if you can play more games, Joe, please, because I don't want to see Matt Shaw playing. <laughs> sure as hell, don't want to see Matt Shaw playing. All right, that's why I, I, I know if my team was in on this, if this was Joe Flacco, I would want him to fight it, and I get it. I get why Brady is doing it. It's not because he's trying to be a crybaby. It's not trying because he has a person uh, has a reputation for whining. This is strictly because he wants to play football. He's trying to play football, and he doesn't want his name tarnished. And on the off chance he wins this case, he gets it all back. Yeah, yeah, and, and that makes complete sense. And like I said, I would understand it. Look, if I'm Tom Brady, I do the same exact thing just simply because that option is open to me. Um, you know, it, it, it's a loophole that is available to you. Uh, to, to use. So you use and exhaust every available method to, to go ahead and do that. So yeah, I, I completely understand that and, and agree on that. Um, just, just not a big fan about it. And it's, it's not that I dislike Brady and I'm sure that's going to come my way. And mm-hmm. I've gotten more than a fair share of terribly written emails from Brady fans over the past few months, but uh, we're not going to get into that. Uh, what we will go ahead and talk about is we got a single Twitter, uh, excuse me, a single tweet, Twitter question, wh- whatever. I'm, I'm, I feel old. Uh, it was Adam Hedrick who wrote to us and said, who starts as the number two wide receiver? Uh, that is a question that I'm sure will come up about a million more times between now and the start of the season, and even probably through the start of the season. 
I, I'll answer it as best as I can, and I'll, I'll let you go ahead and do your thing with it, Kyle. Okay. But, um, you know, as far as the number two receiver goes, I don't think the Ravens will ever classify someone as a number two wide receiver. Uh, I don't think they'll classify anyone really as a number one receiver either. I think all the guys have such different talents, and you've got your Kamar Aikens, who's big. You've got your Brashad Perrymans, who's fast. You've got Steve Smith, who who is a good combination of kind of some of everything still. Uh, I don't think that uh, they really label it that way. Uh, I think they go ahead and use guys in different packages. Uh, I think if you were to say who's going to be the number two wide receiver, and let's just kind of throw all of that out and, and let's go off of depth chart look, uh, I think based on what we've seen so far, I think Kamar Aiken ends up taking it. I think it's Steve Smith uh, and then Kamar Aiken. And I think because they play so well off of each other, Steve Smith obviously being a shorter but a little bit faster wide receiver uh, who can play you know the middle of the field, uh, can play underneath, and can also take you deep if you need to, uh, versus Kamar Aiken, who is your, your Anquan Bolden type. Uh, Brashad Perryman I don't think is quite there yet. Uh, I, I think it's going to take him a, a few years to kind of get up to snuff. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think he's going to do well, uh, but I don't think they're going to give him the number one position. I don't think they give him the number two position uh, right yet. Well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think if you're going to say it, I think Kamar Aiken. Now, of course, all that's probably going to change once training camp starts in, in a few weeks. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously keep an eye on that one because that's the question I think is going to get asked a lot more. How about you, Kyle? Who do you think ends up being the number two? My personal view of what a number one wide receiver is is a, is a person that can run every single route. He can line up on the left and right sides of the field. It can, he can hit every route from the one through the nine. He can hit the comebacks, the shorts, the slants, the, mm-hmm. and, and the sprints, and he can get open. He can get separation in any single one. Now, if I was to label any of our right receivers currently that can actually hit all the routes on both sides, I would say it is Steve Smith. I don't know enough about Rashad to label him as a number one. I don't know enough about Kamar to label him a number one. I believe yeah. it is Steve Smith. He still can do every single route on both sides of the field and get separation. So my answer for a, who would be the number two wide receiver after the number one, I would say it's Rashad Perryman right now. I think there's been an an un, unspoken norm that he's expected to be good enough to be a one a number one wide receiver we're all hoping for it and I think that hope is translated into belief and I'm expecting him to be the number one wide receiver soon but until then he will be the number two I believe he will be lining up on the field on almost every single snap as and expected to become the number one eventually and they're going to force him into reps until then so my answer will be Bashad Perryman I think Kamar Aiken is very close as well it's 2A and 2B at this point, but as like I said, Rashad Perryman's just expected that number one role so hard and so heavily because Baltimore's really hoping they finally have a true number one wide receiver that can yeah. do everything. That it will it will eventually happen that Steve Smith might be the number two receiver by the end of the year if Rashad fills the role that we are all hoping upon. Yeah, absolutely, I completely agree with you on that one, Kyle. I think so many people have put so much pressure on Brashad to take that number one role, uh, being the fact that he's fast, he's a big guy, uh, and, and Torrey Smith could never really kind of take that role, and they're hoping that Brashad obviously is better than Torrey Smith. Uh, I, I think, you know, asking any 
first-round wide receiver in his first year to automatically become the number one guy I think is foolish. Uh, you let that guy develop into that, but uh, you, you can never expect that going in. Uh, but, you know, who knows? And, and like I said, by, by midseason, it might be Brashad Perryman, and it might be uh, as the number one, and it might be Kamar Aiken as the number two, and Steve Smith might be relegated to, to third or fourth status just because the, the Ravens are, are chock full of, you know, brand new uh, uh, wide receivers that are just killing it out there. Absolutely. Who knows? Or it could be Steve Smith out there and no one else. Honestly, we, we don't know yet because yep. nobody's been proven. Yep. Um, so, yeah, sadly, the number two question I, I, I think will be answered by about midseason, honestly. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it, it'll be something, again, that we, we keep an eye on uh, who, who the, you know, what the depth chart of the wide receiver uh, core is going to end up being. Exactly. Uh, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to our Patreon uh, patrons. We have a few of them. Uh, and for those that don't know, Patreon is uh, it's kind of like a, a thing that you guys can give us a, a dollar, as little as a dollar a month. Um, and it goes to kind of supporting us doing the podcast, getting better equipment, doing monthly giveaways, that type of stuff. Uh, so if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, uh, or even on the link of the uh, Baltimore Beatdown site uh, where we have this podcast at. If you go there, we have it down there. Uh, yeah, if you give us any money, we're, we're very grateful to it, and we have some, some reward tiers there. Uh, but essentially, you get a chance to make this podcast a hell of a lot better, just with better equipment and, and all the good stuff that goes along with it. But I want to give a quick shout-out to the patrons. Uh, part of our reward tier is giving you guys a shout-out. Uh, those people that, that toss us a few bucks get to hear their name uh, on, on the podcast. So Adam Croft, Chris Binky, Binky, uh, Jacob McGrew, Aaron Herrera, and Sharp21. Uh, Sharp21 did not go ahead and put his full name, real name on there, so not, not a big deal. But uh, those were our patrons. Uh, so thank you guys. Seriously, thank you guys so much for tossing us a few bucks. Uh, the the funds are already going to make this podcast a hell of a lot better, um, and it, it's going to do that even more uh, as more people jump on board. Uh, for those that also don't know, this podcast will be up tomorrow on Patreon first, uh, and then it will be going live on Saturday. So. For those people that are interested in kind of hearing the news and hearing our thoughts and hearing everything else that we, we have to say, uh, you know, put a buck up on, on Patreon and you get a chance to get to it first. Now, we're not going to go ahead and charge anyone for it. It's still always going to be free. That's what we do. We love you guys. But you get some extra bonuses if you help out and you get a chance to be a part of uh, one hell of a podcast, I like to say. But uh yeah, Kyle, uh, I'll let you go ahead and thank everybody and, and give a shout-out. All right, thank you very much. First off, thank you very much to the patrons that we have currently accumulated. We're sitting about half of our very first goal. Our very first goal is not to upgrade our equipment. It's not to give me a paycheck. It's not to give Matthew or Daniel a paycheck either. What it is for is a monthly giveaway. It is to give back to the community that is giving to us. We're trying our very best every single week. We talk about this 
more often than not about being able to do a great show and put in great effort. I love doing this. This is actually one of my dreams to do a podcast. I love doing this. I love talking about football. I like having an audience that listens to me and hopefully agrees with me on a lot of my points. I like to be correct. I like to I like to do this for you guys. And if you give us money, we can give it back in a form of giveaways or even shout-outs like we just finished up. It's exciting to us. Our very first one would be monthly giveaways. Second off. I would also like to say, I know we have over 100 viewers on SoundCloud every single week that listen to us. I know it's actually a little over triple that. And with the fact that if even if, if, if it's just 100 people listening and they listen to it three times, that's amazing. Good for you guys. But I know if every single person just gave us $1 a month, we would be able to do the monthly giveaways, and we would also be able to upgrade our equipment to better suit, have a clear voice, have image, have sounds in the background. We'd be able to do all of this for you guys. It's not for me. It's not for Matthew. That's not what this is for. This is strictly for the podcast. It's not to put a paycheck in my wallet right now. That's not what this is set for. I want to be able to do more. I want us to just have $1 from every single person. That would be special. Now, we're like Matt said, this is always going to be free. And we don't expect you to give us money because we're posting this for free because we love to do it. But it sure would help. And I'm just going to say it. Please do support us if you do like us enough. A dollar a month, five dollars a month. It doesn't matter to me. I would just prefer to have some kind of give back for all the work and effort that we're trying to give. But I don't expect it. I'm just asking please and thank you. I appreciate it, everybody. Yeah, uh, to, to again, piggyback off Kyle, what he said, uh, the first uh, when we hit, our, our first milestone goal is $100 a month. Uh, we're at $53 a month right now. But once we hit $100, uh, we will be starting to do monthly giveaways. And I can promise you they are going to be awesome giveaways. I do not skimp. Uh, and, and luckily when it comes to, to being the editor of Baltimore Beatdown, I get some really cool uh, stuff uh, put across my inbox. So... We probably want to go ahead and do that. Um, and keep in mind that all these giveaways will be solely to the patrons, uh, to the people that are going ahead and donating a, a few bucks. So, again, a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a million dollars. You know, a million dollars, I will do a lot of terrible things. <laughs> um, Amen. Amen. But the, the second uh, uh, milestone goal is the equipment upgrades. And last week, I know we did a live podcast. Uh, it was obviously in Google Hangouts. Uh, we use the equipment that we have. Uh, doing the first upgrade would be doing high-definition cameras, streaming software, a proper mixing board to be able to do live shows every week. You get a chance to see our pretty faces. Uh, all right, I'm probably not helping anyone pay us any <laughs> money, but... Um, you know, you get a chance to see us. We get a chance to do a, a far better show. We get all better equipment, um, and we get a chance to do this uh, rather professionally. So that would be awesome. And obviously, uh, uh, the third one is equipment upgrades number two, and that's uh, even better equipment uh, and backgrounds and call-in numbers and all the cool stuff uh, to really do a, a full radio show for you guys uh, the way that I'm sure you guys want to have it done and the way that we want to have it done. So... Uh, again, thanks to our, our patrons for going ahead and helping us out. And I also want to give a, a really huge shout-out to Rally Bus. Uh, they contacted us a few weeks ago 
and, and wanted to uh, to to get the word out to fans to to help people out. And uh, like I said at the the middle of the podcast, uh, I've had some personal tragedy come through drunk driving, and I've seen a lot of terribly drunk people at these games. Uh, I can promise you that without a shadow of a doubt, Rally Bus is a hell of a lot cheaper than paying a, a DUI ticket. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than getting a lawyer. Rock out. Enjoy Rally Bus. Get your drink on in the bus. Get your drink on uh, after the game, before the game. Enjoy yourself without having to drive, without having to worry yourself about tickets, about getting out of the stadium. And believe me, we all know how much hell that can be. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself, man. Enjoy yourself, ladies. Get a party together. Get Rally Bus. And use the promo code RavensRally10 to get 10 bucks off. They're hooking you up. We're hooking you up. Use them, please. So thanks, everybody. This was the first episode of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. Please like us, share us, thumbs up us, send us out to your friends, tell your mom about us, all that good stuff. And we will see you guys and ladies next week. Peace. Have a good one.